Episode 6 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. Stork. Jason. And we're back. We're back. Oh, these people. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> Someone went and moved all, moved all the balance knobs. Mm. Oh. I think probably what it is are people picking up their headphones and dragging them across it. Oh. No. Mm. Nope. Because nothing else has moved. Just uh, volume knobs. Well. Well, Hi. I told you to tape them down. <laughs> Just don't you know, touch them. Be like Eddie Van Halen. He, he used to adjust his guitar. It's been like hours, and mm. then he pulled the knobs off. So he, he never had. Yeah. I could yeah. do that. Just pull the knobs off. That's actually not a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but someone would figure out how to turn them. Oh, first off, I would like to thank EasyRollerDice.com for their support over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, easyrollerdice.com slash bags in case uh, it's still going. I think it's still going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to go and get in on that on their on their stand-up dice bags. Please do. And thank th- I'd like to thank them for their support. And thank those of you who have supported them for supporting us. And they're reversible. And they're reversible. And they're microfiber. Uh, that means they go backwards. They go backwards. Um, in this episode, Dagos asks when to cancel a campaign. MRCJ or Mr. CJ, I'm still not quite sure, writes in about the challenging, the changing gaming landscape, and that's sort of a callback to an episode when I was up at uh, Big Bear. It could be M Wreckage. It might be M Wreckage. It could be Merc J. Whoa. <laughs> Mr. Cudge. No. That sounds dirty. That's not. Yeah. That's something I'm not going on Urban Dictionary to look up. I want to. I'm gonna look to see what a cudge is. You get what you get. <laughs> and Andreas writes in about collaboration, which I believe is also a callback to that same uh, Big Bear episode when I was a Big Bear. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And we're also on the social meteors. We're on the Facebook. And the Twitter and the Instagram and the MeWe. Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. That's Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And we have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. And you can go there and get in a flame war and enjoy it. Or don't get We haven't had a flame war, a yeah. genuine flame no. war in a long time. No. We're a pretty non aggro group. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is nice. Actually. We used to have. Used to, used to, used to, oh, yeah. It was rough and tumble. Yeah, the, I actually. There was only like three community. or four people that were really instigators. Yes. But uh, there's been a lot of new topics recently. People yes. asking advice and sending stuff. It's, yeah, it's a healthy, decent forum. It is. Uh, and also, if you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to happyjacks.org slash live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Pacific time and watch the show live and see our faces. Why that's anybody want to what do that? You would want, that's the sort of thing you would yeah. want to do. It's like Letterkenny. Well, how did he fuck an ostrich? Well, he went out in the field and he found an ostrich. And then he got hard, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't seen it yet, no, have you? No, I have no frame of reference for this, which kind of makes it better. Uh, it ah. makes me question whether it's something I want to get into. Right. It's absurd as humor, yeah. When to cancel a campaign from Dagos... Oh, for those of you who are following Twitter, yes, I was in the hospital for three days. I'm out now, and I'm fine. 
Um, <laughs> he's not fine. He's just not in the hospital anymore. I've got more tests to do. They're, they're still not sure exactly what it was. It was something, but they don't know what it was. I had a, I had a, a weird EKG at one point. And mm. Thought I was going to die, but I didn't. So <laughs> better this way. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. Um, one of my children's a little disappointed. <laughs> one of them's not. <laughs> we'll let you decide which. Um, uh, anyway, uh, when to cancel campaign from Dogos. Hey, Jack Wagons. Dogos from Discord here, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on canceling campaigns early. Like, when only one player shows up for the session zero. Yeah. That is a warning sign. Uh, I ask from recent experience. Uh, do you call it quits when the only reason you decided to run run it doesn't even show up to session zero? Uh, does the game uh, kicking off fast a few days from recruiting to session zero I mean it's more likely to fail? A short email from me for once. Doggos in despair. P.S. Drink. Mm. That's certainly a warning sign. Yeah, I mean, now, I'd kind of like to talk about this and also like when it's time to kind of end a campaign. Well, that's what I was going to say. Speaking. Technically, what he's talking about there wasn't really even a campaign. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it, it didn't, it didn't even really get started. Well, it's to cancel. Mm. Like, I mean, so your session zero. Well, he, here's my take. Like, he's saying, I, I was, I'm assuming he, uh, Douglas is saying, uh, the is this. Is it bad that it was just a few days from recruiting to session zero? I think that's the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Because if you recruit a bunch of people and then schedule something a month from now, then you really hope everyone does it and you email them three days in advance and a day in advance and the day of. And you, you know, you're doing all that kind of stuff. Um, that being said, so I, I think starting right away is better. Mm-hmm. That being said, you only have one sample set of people bailing on the game, which could genuinely be three different crises that cropped up as bad luck. And yes. I don't know that I would call it. Yeah. I, I would at least try to find out yeah. why. Yeah. One of these yeah. legitimate, you know, somebody got in a car crash, somebody else went into labor, like, yeah. it's <laughs> lots of good reasons to, to not show up, and it's just a bummer. Like, it's a, is it a coincidence, or is it a bunch of people who didn't give a shit enough to show up to your game? Yeah. Which feels bad, and I've been there. Right. So Well, especially the first session. Um, I think Doggos uses um, she, her. Oh, thank you. Um, just FYI. Um and if I'm wrong, please correct me. <clears throat> but yeah, it's hard on the first, the first session because you've got like all. Oh, you're so excited about creating this yeah. stuff. But I definitely agree with Jason. It's like if, if it's the first time, like maybe it was just really bad luck. Like don't panic until it becomes a pattern, unless <coughs> you've gamed with these people before and this is a continuation mm. of a pattern from other campaigns. Yeah. Then that might already be telling. The broader topic, though, is... Well, assuming not dire reasons for not showing up. I mean, I would definitely get my ducks in a row and try to find out why people weren't there. But if it was, oh, I wasn't able to make it because my... I don't know. I had to vacuum. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, right. Then that's a warning sign of of enthusiasm. Because... Mm -hmm. The most enthusiastic you're going to be about a game is yeah. going to be in the early early moments of the game or the pre moments of the game, mm-hmm. which I would c- 
count session zero in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So at that anyone's picking vacuuming over anything. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Other than folding laundry. And like really you know. session zero is the most important thing. I mean that's character gen usually. It's the meet and greet. It's the it's where the setting gets it's just all of that yeah. stuff. It's really the one that you shouldn't be missing. Yeah. So if you're if they're if they're their enthusiasm level isn't high at that point. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with the concept. There's something wrong with the system. There's something that is making people not want to play it. The the exception to that might be though if they are first time players and they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah. Okay. And they that's forgot true. and they don't realize that it's a big important thing and no one can play if you don't show up and they you know they just don't know. That's um, possible. And and w- when they're talking about recruiting. That makes me think, like, oh, are these brand new players? Or, I don't know, did they go to Emerald Knights and recruit a bunch right, of people? Like, on the board, board thing. Um, yeah, yeah what, what does that look like? But, you know, my very first game in L.A., I, I put up a poster at a game store and said, I'm willing to run Shadowrun, mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's my phone number. And some people called me and there, played Shadowrun and right away. Are. Like, it, we emailed, set it up, everyone showed up to the first thing, like, Oh yeah, well, and that's not based on like they didn't know me. They didn't, you know, it wasn't based on anyone like liking each other or or being a group or anything. They just agreed and showed up. So it is concerning. Yeah, that that these are probably people you already know, and and it feels bad anyway. Right. I mean, when I when I was in college, the way I got my gaming group there when I ran my long groups fantasy campaign, that I met one guy. <clears throat> who was a role player and he said oh I'll put a poster up in the student union and I got like four phone calls over the course of the next week and by that Friday night or whenever it was we were going to play all those people that called me showed up every one of them for the first session this is while you were in college? yeah and you were mentioning telephones yes actual telephones that hung on they the wall they had telephones yes <laughs> Yes. Yes. You Hello, the, operator. I'd like yeah, to play. Have to, groups, have to please lean up to the. Hey, to the hey can you hear me? Can you hear me there? <laughs> please clear the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it one of those people, Bill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Bill oh, was. Awesome. Bill was one of those people. Yep. It was. Um, it was uh, Brian, mm-hmm. who's uh, on our on our forums. Mm-hmm. And I think he was one. He was the first one. And then uh, Stevie, Bill, and Fred. I think that was the original group. And that they just all happened to call at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, but as far as like, I think one. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go. Ahead. Oh, I was going to say one more important point. We don't know how many people Douglas had invited to this game. Does it say? No. One showed up. Right. So if you have a game of two people and one of them shows up, that's different than if you have a game for six people and one shows up. Yeah, that's 50%. It's almost an F. That's great. But, <laughs> but I mean, just keep it in realistic, too. If you've got, you know, a group with three people, things can't come up. If it's 18 people, that's a huge warning sign. Don't invite 18 people no. to any also game. Yeah, yeah. This is this is life throwing you a bone <laughs> and like saying, "Here's another chance to correct." To not before, have an 18 yeah. person game. Yeah, don't do that. No. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, generally speaking, obviously, I think unless dire con- dire circumstances aside, there's there's a there's a problem, an enthusiasm problem at that mm-hmm. point. But when, when do you think is what do you think are like some maybe some of the warning signs on when 
it's time to table a game. Either take uh, a break, the other end of it, or yeah. or time to end a game. Yeah, but that's sort of the not from topic. the good side. Like this story is coming to a conclusion, and I'm finding a a, a nice ending point. Not the nice, neat, actual. Real ending. Well, certainly, well, sort of like a more of a firefly. Certainly, ending. if you see your players starting to make excuses to not show up anymore, maybe it's you know, mm-hmm. maybe their attention is waning, or they're mm-hmm. just you know they've gotten tired or whatever, and don't have the heart to say, "I don't want to do this anymore." Because that's a legitimate problem. People have a tough time communicating stuff like that. It's like I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people probably would think. I mean, and there's pro- probably a lot of. Uh, a lot, not a lot, but there are certainly GMs out there who would take it very personally. Yeah. People said, I'm just not having fun in this yeah. game. That, that's what I was going to say about that is, as the GM, I would encourage every GM to proactively say, hey, I know uh, this is probably awkward, but you know, if we're losing steam, do we want to move on to something else? Does somebody else want to run something? I And I know that's hard because it's still going to feel yeah. a little personal. It does but sting. If, but if you launch it, It'll feel a little better because you're inviting a conversation, mm-hmm. and yes. then if they're dicks to you about it, then you don't want to game with them anyway. <laughs> so, right. Um, but but if you, the GM, I've, that has worked well for me every time I've done it. Yeah. It is 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 like it it is scary and weird, and I won't say like oh that was an easy thing to do because it definitely wasn't, but it was productive mm-hmm. and useful, um, and I've done many times <coughs> where I've been like. Hey, do, do we want to keep going with this? Does this does this feel like something everyone's excited about? And everyone's like, you know, we're kind of burned out on fantasy. Let's can we do something yeah. else? Or um, but certainly, there's a there's a reading the room aspect that you need to be aware of as a GM at all times. You know, like checking temp- te- checking the temperature of your players, and you know, ch- asking in now and again, how you guys doing? Figuratively, figuratively, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you run your games, but it is okay. seventy-two degrees. <laughs> as long as there's consent, time, please. Yes, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, and that's a hard skill to do. Reading the room, I can't tell you how many times I've you know blundered in some place and opened my mouth, and then realized later that ah, those guys hated me. Right, and the <laughs> oh. thing is, to back back to Jason's point, if you start that conversation. You're very likely, as the GM, going to find that the reasons that people maybe aren't as enthused about the game isn't because you're a shitty GM. Right. It's because the genre or there's something about the system they don't like or something like that. Yeah. And that's easy to fix. Yeah. Like, I I know, I didn't know at the time (coughs) that our our GM was running Savage Worlds wrong, but I thought, boy, I like everybody at this table and and we're friends, but I'm really not enjoying this game because of the rule system. Yeah. Right? And and I think ultimately it's just like not my kind of rule set. Mm-hmm. But that was the reason that I wish somebody had said, "Do we want to keep this going?" <laughs> because my option ended up being, uh, "Hey guys, I'm getting super busy with fill in the blank. I can't come anymore." Right. And right. that uh, was a lie. I lied. Yeah. Right. Some of it on the other opposite end of that spectrum, because Stu has had this problem too, is the GM burnout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you end a game because you're like, guys, I, I mean. I want to take this to a logical conclusion, but I'm I'm done running this. I've got some other things I want to work on, and then your players are like, "Okay, mm-hmm. oh, I guess I guess the ride's going to end. We'll just get off when you get off." Right. <laughs> um, another way. I know we're talking about the the you know back ending this, but you can make the end of the campaign easier if at the beginning you say, "Hey guys, I have this idea for a nine episode arc mm-hmm. in." Um, GURPS and here's kind of what I want to do to explore the you know there's a wizard in the mountain and then you guys are going to go do that and does that sound fun and somebody's like 
I'm going out of town in three months. Like, <coughs> oh, okay, let's do six episodes and do you know, there's right. there's a way to do that as well. That doesn't that's not super helpful if you're in the middle of a campaign and you're trying to figure out how to wind it up. But if you're at session zero, um, you know maybe uh, bring up a, a runtime of how mm-hmm. long you expect. As long as they all show up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's real helpful. I think another thing to look for um, in when you're playing, there's. Um, a little bit of grumpiness that starts to appear, I've noticed, at what? tables for players. <laughs> like, if How people are burning you? out on a campaign... Not me! You well, can't be talking about me! Not you! <laughs> um, I mean, actually with the players, like, not, oh. uh, not the GM. But, like, they'll get frustrated more quickly. They'll be like, well, I don't know what to do then. Like, mm. you know, we tried the Ooh. thing, and then they start getting... It's like a little bit like the... I guess it's like me when I'm hungry, but like, or or a kid when hangry. they don't get their way, hangry. Yeah, they get like plangry. They get plangry. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So, and then they start uh, they start giving up more quickly. They start, um, you know, trying something, and you, you'll see phones get out more mm. quickly. Right. There's just kind of a little bit of a grumpy, disinterested feel that starts to appear, and then can get worse if it People continues. Knit. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, the, start checking out, or mm-hmm. yeah, they'll kick in doors instead of checking for traps and picking the lock. Yeah. Trying to get their characters just killed, set everything on fire <laughs> as a solution. You know, like that's wait. That is <laughs> that is a fantastic that is a fantastic sign that someone is at least tired of their character. <laughs> <Yes>. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what do I have to roll to kill myself yeah, with this knife? To die. <laughs> that's it. We're leaving this town, yeah. right? Uh, now that being said, anyone who is GMing for me, I will always pick up the cursed item. I will always step <laughs> on the metal plate. Yeah. Like that that is how I enjoy my yes. play. And if it blows me up, great. Yeah. <laughs> That's that is a okay by me. That's not me being annoyed at the game. Yeah, Jason drives his characters like a stolen car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what will this do? Yeah. Let's see what this button does. <laughs> this will make a better story. <laughs> poke it, will poke it, it, poke it, poke it, poke it. <laughs> Oh, right. There's another thing that comes to me. It comes to mind too, and that's sometimes if you have a long campaign, at some point the characters run out of shit to do. Mm. You know, they've built the keep, they've rescued all the princesses, they've they've amassed a huge amount of money, and at some point it's like I don't know what else to do with you guys. Really, I mean, is it time to just end the campaign yeah. and sunset these characters? Right. Because there is a point where. You run out of stuff to do, mm-hmm. and it's not fun anymore because everything you know. Oh, that's that's why I'm very resistant about when we finish when I have come to the finish of a campaign, and the players want to keep going. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm very resistant to do that because I did that with, with a fantasy game in the college fantasy groups game, and the the continuation was paled in comparison to the original right. arc. Yeah, you, so you're trying to recapture lightning in a bottle, exactly, and, and it never works. But so, like with what I did with the L5R game is okay. It's two generations later. Yeah, yeah. and now you're able to you start win. with younger, inexperienced characters again. Again, again, that's where the fun is: is that struggle, and not everything's easy. And then the leveling up, and very, yeah. all of that stuff is kind of the fun stuff. Not. Not and being able fighting, to win at everything. You're fighting. Uh, you're fighting above your weight class, yeah. and, so all, mm. and there's always like your heart rate goes up. There's, that's always the interesting stuff, at least yeah. to me. Not necessarily the fighting, is it? Right, I lose, but that involves dice rolls. All right, thank you very much, Doggos. And you know what? I'm sorry that you only had one player show up to your session zero. Yeah, that, that really sucks. It does yeah. feel bad. If you send us a follow up, maybe we'll find out more. Maybe there were legitimate but excuses. I would. I would. Tra- and, 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 and at least. Find out from the people who didn't show up why. Mm-hmm. If it was, you know, they're brand new and they didn't know how important session zero is, 
Maybe there's something about it they don't like. Maybe there's something you can change. Maybe you got lost. On yeah, that, that does. That sucks. Yeah. One of the Boggards once got lost on the way to Stu's house for rehearsal. That yeah. The, the, yeah. Bill. Bill. Yeah. yeah. You've been here many times. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. was this his first time nope. to your house? Bill was terrible with directions. Okay. This is before smartphones. Okay. Had well, driving apps. On, yeah. <clears throat> on them. Yeah. We love Bill. So yes. we got off on surface streets, got lost, got mad, and went home. And then we like called him and like, where are you? We're like, I, I got lost, I got mad, and went home. He was mad oh. at me for not being able to find my house. <laughs> <laughs> I have felt that before. I have. True story. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live in La Mirada. That's where it happened. That's where it was. And La Mirada is is best known in in Los Angeles County for being the city that is as far away from any possible freeway exit that's, that's as it could true. possibly uh, be yeah. and still be in Los Angeles County. Yeah. And most of the band hated rehearsals there because you'd get off you'd get on the freeway, you're going through you're going through afternoon traffic anyway, and then you get off the freeway and then you have a 20 minute drive. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yeah, cuz I was like it was it was like the 605, the 5, the 60 uh, what's the one that runs this way? The 57, oh, and yeah. I'm like right in the middle of all yeah. of them. That's, that's how it felt when I worked in Whittier. It's right next to Whittier. Yeah, next city over. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Doggos. Yes. Um, uh, the changing game landscape from MRCJ, Mr. CJ, or Mr. Cudge. Nope. Oh, I forgot to look it up. Vetoed. Mer- 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 <laughs> Can I veto that? Yes. Mercenary J. Does anything happen if I veto it? or No. no. You just keep using it. Okay. For the record, I don't care for it. Should I do an image search or should I check on... You get what you get. Uh, <laughs> the answer to that question is almost always no. Let me see. I have safe search off. Oh, God. Oh, oh it's we a, should we should probably share this around a little it's bit. A, it's a euphemism for another c word. Yep, really. Oh, I thought it that. sounded familiar. Yeah. I I did. I've not heard that term. Before. I think it's a British euphemism. You know, I think you might be right. See, I thought it would be short for cudgel. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Who um, wants to read this oh, one? The c word. Okay. I think maybe we I, want I to split this one up well, a little yeah, bit. Well, yeah, we'll split it up a bit. I, I guess I'll start. Why cool. not? Hello. We're, Okay. Hello, Legion of Douche. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know each other? Nope. Eh. The discussion about how gaming has changed from last. Okay, week's I got to interrupt you because the, the Urban Dictionary dif- di- uh, definition is very different. Okay. A person you just have to hug. Is it C U D G E? Is that what C U D G E? The discussion about how gaming has <laughs> changed from last week's... That's interesting. Thank you. For having yeah, you're um, Here are a few random thoughts or observations. It's more than a few. And I've pre-read this, and some of this was very insightful. Re- regarding there being fewer rules lawyers, <coughs> I'd say there are still, they're still there in numbers, but maybe your perspectives have changed in crucial ways, specifically combat and age. Excuse me? I don't listen to all actual plays. I don't have that much time. But I do listen to the ones Stu GMs and other systems that catch my eye, like Wild Talents. <laughs> wild Wild Talents. I have enjoyed them wild all. It would be safe to say that typically in these games, the ones I listen to, there are there is very little combat. Whole sessions can go by without rolling dice at all. If there is a party made of mostly thespians and a combat-averse GM, then there will be less opportunity to lawyer the rules in general. Yeah. Also, everybody is old. Old, old, old. I'm old. You're old. Sorry if you think that you are young. You are old. We play these games differently now that we are closer to 50 than to 15. 
<laughs> we view our interactions with characters differently. Now that's one. <laughs> You're laughing way too hard at this. You're so much older than me. <laughs> I hate you all. I win. <coughs> Stay a little closer and I'll hit you to death with my walker. <laughs> we view our interactions with characters differently now that when we first started. Now, then when we first started. Uh, we even talk about our characters differently now. When I was 16, I would talk about my characters using personal pronouns, I and me. Now I distance myself from my character. Hmm. When I was a teenager, my characters muttered, mattered more to me. Uh, in the podcast, you have discussed a good death for a character. When I was a teenager, there was no good death. Combat was as thick and heavy as, as the hormones. And I was going to do everything I could to keep him alive. There was probably a psychological reason for it, but suffice to say that I and all my peers would do anything to stay alive, including bending the rules uh, to our will to make it happen. Can I pause there for a second? Sure. I, I think, I just have a theory about this because I've thought about that specific point a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's um, for different players are, are getting different things out of it like like and I specifically have experienced this arc where in high school my character was a, a fantasy replacement of me yeah right like, sure oh I, yeah I wanted to do all the things that I couldn't do and I think that has changed mostly because I'm more interested in telling an interesting story than pretending I'm something I'm not right Wh- which is not to denigrate that style of play. But it, uh, I, I don't know how to articulate that more clearly. But I, I feel that description. Like, I, <laughs> and another thing, I when I was younger, it was about gathering stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm, yeah, you know, like I yes, wanted that yep. vorpal blade, and I wanted yep. the better armor, and I wanted oh, you know, we to roll for armor. And like, what did you get? What did you get? I want that. I'll yeah. buy it from you. All of that yeah. stuff was like. Now that I'm older and have stuff, <laughs> I got vorpal blades. <laughs> not really that interesting to me anymore. Vorpal blades. I got seven. Or you know, I play, video, I play enough video games where I'm, I'm so full of stuff I can't move. <laughs> right. So yeah. I'm, I've got uh, that itch is already scratched. It's it's more interesting to me to play a role playing mm-hmm. game than it, than it was. But back then, I'm like, I don't have any stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is cool. Things. Uh, <clears throat> one more Stork mentioned. Uh oh, <laughs> that when he was younger, oh, he boy. memorized the player's handbook. I did. I was younger. I could memorize things. <laughs> right. He, he is not the only one, and I'd say that it is not unusual for a teen. I knew a lot of people who did the same thing. Now that I'm post fifty, there's no <laughs> chance in hell that is going to happen. Right. I don't have the time or inclination. If I get the basics down, I'm good. I don't even. Sometimes get the basics down most of the time, and then we forget. <laughs> like, like there was like really, I, I really. Thought, I, I thought I knew Traveler, and it had been so long since I played it. We were rolling up characters, and, oh. and Puja was was busy correcting us. I'm like, I, I GM this game. I can't believe I forgot <laughs> all about it. Oops. Well, I mean, shit falls out of your brain now when you get over a certain age. It doesn't stay like That's, it used we're to. We're old, 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 old. It irritates the shit out of me. <laughs> I still can, off the top of my head, recite rules for GURPS for third edition, not sure. fourth, but third edition. I can even probably sit there and tell you, like, without using the charts, how to build a character. Like the skill mm. charts or the or the stat charts for skill points or for, for character points. But God help me, with 7th edition Call of Cthulhu, I have to, every time, it's like, oh, sanity. Uh, you know, look up sanity again. <laughs> Why, how come that GURP shit hasn't emptied out of my fucking brain I, and made room for right? the Call of Cthulhu? How about even know the page numbers? Because I remember I had some of the page numbers memorized no, from, the, from the DM's guide and the player's handbook, like certain charts, because you always had to turn to them. You knew, oh, it's on page 76. But I knew the 3rd edition GURPS book, forward to yeah. front to cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Whole thing. Somebody else want to pick up? Uh, oh, well, one question. Does, is there such a thing as a gro- ingrown testicle? 
Oh God, I hope not. I'm because sure. that's a, that's one definition of cudge. <laughs> or or on maybe women, it's like a, a testy that didn't drop. Maybe. Yeah, I don't like think it's they still can up go in. Back ingrown in. sounds horrifying. Yeah, because even like a baby, they start on the outside of your body. Right. They just babies start on the outside of your body. That's horrifying. A baby's testicles. They don't actually. <laughs> Is that what you wanted me to say out loud? No. Okay. Ew. Well, you a moment that on of silence for reflection. Oh, thank God. <laughs> on another subject. This has happened a few times over the last few weeks where there is a characterization of GMs as either running a kind of wide open players driven games or players are under the impression of an adversarial GM. Oh, but there is a wide range of GM styles between. Oh, sure. Many of the Happy Jacks actual plays I've listened to tend to be more the sandbox player driven end of the scale. Even to the point means. of. <laughs> well, let's not get into that discussion. <laughs> Why would you say that? Why would you go ahead? Okay. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Even to the point of play helping to create the world uh, to create the world they inhabit. It has got its strengths and weaknesses as any style will. If Stu has a weakness as a GM, it is this. Uh, it is this. Either not having the structure for a game or not communicating the structure to the players before character creation. I think I've gotten better on that though. You have. What does M- he mean the structure? What do they mean the structure? <coughs> Well, um, just like you said, where I've got this story arc planned out for maybe nine episodes, and oh. this is sort of what I, what I have in mind. Okay. Or the even big, the big picture of the right, yeah, or, or even just like these are the kind of themes I'm looking at for the game. Because yeah. I, I used to just say okay. I'm going to run a, this, and I would, and then you came up with a the theme, but then we didn't know, right? And I would like, just adapt, sort of shoehorn together right. with my prep and the characters. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, I think that's what it means. Most of the time it works fine because he has good players and he's a good GM. Uh, Sometimes it just doesn't work. Can we put our finger on it when she mentioned the second L5R game? These games can get real uninteresting real fast. Don't know if I've said that, but I'm not sure what they're talking about. The second one was the one that fizzled. Yes. That's the one where we never never picked it back up after Fair, after Death Island. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. I was thinking dissension. I'm like, well, we hated the system, but it was pretty clear why we that fizzled. No, the second one. Yeah, yeah. The second one. But we just picked it up go, where it left off. Everybody right. decided to get on a boat, and Stu's like, after eventually he goes, I had no plan. You guys weren't supposed to get on a boat. Well, and also, we were like, oh. our schedules went to shit, and yes. people moved away, and stuff yeah. happened. It happened. Well, yeah. mo- mostly, I think it was fair was, yeah. a, was the big... Yeah. I always forget that campaign happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, sometimes it just fizzles. Either players don't have any good ideas, or they go in a direction that the GM is not prepared for. That, that didn't happen. <laughs> I have GM that way before. It can be good, but let's face it, it can be very bad. Particularly if you have newer players or players that are new to each other, or who might not know or trust the GM. All kinds of things come up with those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. Other games are not specifically adversarial, where the mission of the GM is to kill the players, or railroady, where the GM has a specific plot point the players will hit, whether they want to or not. To me, this seems like two ends of a very lo- long scale. If you want to have a, a, a game where the GM things are just going to happen in the game, and the players have no choice in that matter, you better make that fuck the fucking weather. Mm-hmm. Or like an asteroid hitting the planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a balance. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes with the. Well, I think he actually goes on to talk about. It. Okay, go ahead. Uh, go, why don't you tag in, Jason? Okay. 
Uh, I think I'd be with the angry GM about this. My preferred method is to set up the overarching plot. How the players deal with it is their business. It takes some legwork to set up the game so the players know that the, know what they are stepping into. Something like, it's 1890 and you are all related in the family's mob business in New York. You are under attack by another crime family. Or you're a superhero team who fly through space, taking on large-scale threats in your planet... Probably planet-sized spaceship. Um... One of you is a dwarven lord, and the rest are his house carls, uh, tasked with starting a new mine in an area that is alive with dragons. What's a house carl? I don't know. I've never. I'm going to look that up in Urban Dictionary. I think it's, it's like right Yarl. Like yeah, it yeah, it comes from Yarl. Yeah. Yes. So they're like um, nobles. Yeah, that's not helping. Scandi- okay. They're Scandinavian noblemen. Yeah. So yeah, all of that is is what we described in like prepping that mm-hmm. pre-session zero expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be on the same page with my players in session zero, and the background and story are set. Everything else is up to the players. This also has its weaknesses, particularly for players who want more control of the overarching story, or who are bomb throwers, or who just want to start in a bar. Starting a bar has no interest for me as a GM, but I had laid down my expectations before they made their characters. If the game is X, and the players wants to start in a bar, which has happened to me before, then... Uh, wh- he actually wants to start a bar. I think they actually oh, want start to like a like, bar. They actually oh. want to like just oh. create a bar and have people come and go. And in fact, I just saw oh, a role playing game that's basically a, it's like booze and booze and barbarians or something. I forgot, but it's a it's an online game, and you're you're a bar owner, and you <laughs> oh, hand out great. quests, <laughs> and they give you stuff, and then you can like control these adventurers from your bar. Yeah. That's hysterical. I'm going to check it out. It's very cool. There's a cool RPG out right now. I think called. Hero or legend, mm-hmm. um, where you play the major NPCs in the town, and you're dealing with the adventurers who come through your town. I think it's and the same game. Trying to not, it's a is it a tabletop game. Or no, it's a computer game. Oh, no, this is a tabletop RPG. Oh, that's funny. Where you're like level, you level up as NPCs and. Oh, see, I now I, I, my mind's going wild. Now I'm thinking, okay, you got a bunch of quest giving tavern owners yeah. who are actually the. The kingmakers of this entire yeah. civilization, <laughs> and they're competing and to hand out their quests. And, exactly, yeah. and they're all trying to manipulate the the governments and everything around them from their bars. Okay, That's fucking fantastic. I, I got to finish the sentence. Um, right. Uh, so the player wants to start a bar, which is happened to be. Then what is that player? Answer: Not suitable to the game, which is strange because usually that guy wants to play a ninja. I said no. <laughs> Sorry. It is basically the same guy. Right. So that is that. All the best. MRCJ. P.S. Fuck these P.S.'s. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, MRCJ. Yeah. Uh, House Carl, a member of the bodyguard of the Danish or English king or noble. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it's a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Like a royal guard. Probably like a house yeah, guard. that makes sense. Like a Praetorian guard. Um, uh, Roman times. I think we would sort of commented as we went. We did. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I can't think of what else to add to this. I mean, yeah, this is I, all really well put, too. Yeah. I like the... I mean, it, it really is kind of a spectrum of GMing. And we tend sure. to talk about the extremes, because those are... We tend to have the extremes are written in. Uh, that's what people write in about. People extremes make good emails. Yeah, people yeah. don't generally write about the person who's kind of balanced in the middle. Right. Like, yeah. So. Our GM is very effective, and we don't really have a problem. It does and a pretty, pretty good, good job. job. <laughs> they do a really great job, and then we're we like, have a good time. Yeah. yeah. This would be a boring show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. I guess I'll read it again. Is collaboration the new game in town from Andreas? Oh, I like that. This mm. is also. Um, and a uh, callback to the episode when I was at uh, uh, Big Bear. Ah, excellent. I believe. Uh, cheers and welcome to this email. I hope your stay will be, will be pleasant. Mm-hmm. 
In the last show I listened to, 2420, Kimmy talked about how she felt gamers and games have changed to become more collaborative. Stork mentioned how this might uh, now go over well with some, or might not go over well with some GMs who feel nobody care about their stories anymore. I have another angle to it. I have noted that some players don't like the idea of collaborative gaming and sharing uh, the sharing of narrative focus. Some players really just want to show up and roll dice and experience what the GM has prepared for them. I'm kind of on that side. I'm kind of in that camp, yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. On a blog once, I saw someone summarize the attitude of, what do you mean I tell you how it looks like? It's your job. You're the GM. That may have been me that said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have actually been faced with not those literal words, but yeah. at a con game or something that I had that expressed to me. Yeah. Of like, what, what do you mean? Well, you what does it look like? Like you, you're right. in Jim, your right. world. Why, why are yeah. you telling me? Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see where they come from. As this might be the kind of personality that frees up when they are asked to be creative on the spot. Personally, I also quite enjoy the experience of exploring a world the GM has developed in detail with complex social interactions and history, and not have to be tasked with uh, to develop it as we play. It kind of makes the experience of exploring more pure, if you see what I mean. I totally get what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of an answer. Remember, you were asking earlier because I've been it's talked about later. It's a kind of an answer to what you were asking here earlier about. Um, oh, I can't find the sentence. It's a long email. I am like totally in a different headspace when I'm jamming and when I'm playing. Mm. When I'm playing, I'm sitting down. I, I, I'm getting in the roller coaster and putting the mm-hmm. the lap bar down and. Let's see what happens. This yeah. is gonna be awesome. What did you? But what did you got for in us? In the GM, my my brain is constantly looking right. at things and seeing and, and like trying to keep everything. I mean, it's a balance. It's not like it's not like you go to a dinner party and then they make you make your own dinner, right? right. You know? right. Or I mean, maybe it's a buffet and you can go through and you can kind of pick and choose what you want. But still, it's like I would be upset. It's like, hey, welcome to a dinner party. You guys get to go make the food. Yeah. What? <laughs> you invited me to this party. I have the perfect analogy. Okay. Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Devore, there was a booth there that served, I don't remember what they served, they started serving breakfast. Mm-hmm. And they said, it's a cook your own steak, steak and oh, eggs yeah. breakfast. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Oh, man. It was, it was and I'm like, too. I'm not going to pay money for that. You're a restaurant owner. Yeah. And you cook all day long. I'm a bazooki player. Yeah. <laughs> Why on earth would I opt to cook my own steak when you're already standing there behind the grill and I know that you can do a better job of it than yeah. I can? Do, do you play like a chocolate chip bazooki or the chocolate chocolate bazooki? Oh, yeah. Or you gotta have the ice cream, though. Like the oatmeal raisin? Mine, oh, that was my favorite. Mine's custom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a place in, uh, in San Diego that's super popular during Comic-Con. I think it's called the Strip Club. And it's a steak place, and they have, like, you cook your steak. Oh, and I have refused to go up. because I'm not paying for a steak that I'm going to fuck up. Like, that is not what <laughs> right. I'm going to do. <laughs> this is not good. No, it's not the same as, as a Korean barbecue. Or Korean barbecue. Yeah. It's a little, yeah, no, Korean barbecue. That's hard not, to fuck up. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're cooking it till it's done. Like a steak, you want to get like that perfect sear with yeah. like the just yeah. pink in the. I want a professional yeah. to handle it. Yeah, or maybe a little r- rarer than just a little pink in the well, middle. Maybe you. a little blue in the middle. Yeah. No, there is a balance though. <laughs> I like it's it like, There is a balance because I don't necessarily <laughs> want my entire meal. My entire game completely prepared for me. I'm getting lost in my analogy. Right, but it's okay. We're old. But uh, you know, at least, at least allow me to. <laughs> oh, whatever. Well, it's, I mean, there's the version of that that restaurant that you're like, um, but but can I just not have the parsley on the plate? And they're like, you'll take what we give you, right, and you'll right, fucking like right, it. Right. <laughs> 
It was, a, it was an LA story. It was like you, you know, the I mean, angry chef was like. I had a friend in. Uh, he was in the south of France, and um, they thought he had asked for ketchup, and he just fucked up what he was trying to say in French, and they almost kicked him out. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to ask something else, and I guess it sounded like ketchup, and they were just furious with him. Like, I think that's the far end of that spectrum yeah. of now, like, I don't want to be in that RPG either. Do they have salt and pepper on tables in French restaurants? Uh, it depends on the restaurant. Okay. Are there restaurants that don't have salt and pepper? Probably, on yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Because I would think that if you're going to be that absolute about It's just the, the chef knows best. That's the attitude. Sure, And right. if the GM knows best, then it's your job to, like you said, bring the bar down, sit down, and wait for it to happen. Right. Yes. Um, and that's a... That is not... That probably was the predominant play style for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's, I don't think it is anymore. It's yeah. kind of Adventures League kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's how I ran games up through my twenties. Oh, sure, yeah, you know. I, I, but even sometimes that's fine. I mean, I like, like you said, if somebody spent an enormous amount of time crafting a really cool world, well, that's my preference. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what your political structure is like, and I'm not going to influence it. I want you to tell me so that I can figure out what the hell's going on. Mm, right, and mm-hmm. and it's not. It, it, it serves me no purpose to sit around and say, "Okay, can I make the prince this and this and this?" Is like, like, no, I've got a political structure all worked out. You're going you're gonna to hang on, and it will get explained to you. Yeah. Well, right. whereas I don't know if the political structure is in danger if you say, "Oh yeah, the prince is uh, six foot four, dark skin, um, mm-hmm. no hair," right? Like, uh, okay, now we're kind of we're both doing some of yeah. the work, right, you sure. know, like. Meh. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of where I land as a GM. I but do the a prince lot is a ninja. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just can't play. Ninja, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I tend to really create the world. I know it's happening, but a lot of times I'll have the players come up with names and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of know who the character is already. <clears throat> but I don't know. And, and there might be people who are annoyed by that. I hadn't really considered that part. I, for I, for one. I hate coming up with names, but uh. which is why I do that. As, but as a player, if someone, if a GM is going to do that, I'd be like, okay, uh, John, yep. not Smith. I mean, that's the other thing. If you're a GM who asks for the, the players for input, you get what you get. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's okay, but... And the uh, prince, yeah. John, not, not Smith, will be the best prince Yeah, right. that never not, not, not Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah. From the whole lineage of not Smiths. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, I like to think we can play multiple styles, mm. but I wanted to bring the player angle to this as well. Let's not forget that most people gaming probably never listen to podcasts That's and don't correct. talk about role playing online. Yep. What? The murder hobo style of gaming is alive and well. Yes. Well, there's luckily a variety, at least, and a spice for our gaming life. Time to check out. We we've enjoyed your stay. Cheers. Drink. And there, Cheers. There is a certain aspect of fundamental murder hoboing. Uh, years ago, Casey and Bruce w- ran a whole game that was basically just uh, how quickly you would die. What was it? A gladiatorial combat sort of thing? Yeah. yeah, and they, you got like a stack of character sheets. Yeah. Isn't and that you, called paranoia? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> but, but they had people lining up, from what I heard, people lining up to play that game. They right. just, everybody wanted to, to die. They were like all 30th level characters or something, something like oh that. Gosh. They were like super high level. Was it in 4th edition D&D? I think it was I in 4th edition fourth, yeah. Uh, I, I need help coming up with a term, and or maybe 20th level, somebody can the at me about it later. The the bomb thrower player is the one who goes in and like th- you know chucks a bomb, and everyone has to deal with it, even if they didn't want to deal with it, right. and it sort of affects everyone's experience. Mm-hmm. There's also the player who's kind of just like going on, keeping their head down, and experiencing the world, but not trying mm-hmm. to influence it. Driving my characters like stolen cars. 
I, I want to like eat the bomb. <laughs> I don't want to blow up everyone else. Yeah. I want to like. I don't know what to call it, and bomb eater doesn't sound good. No, no you're a bomb thrower. <laughs> I'm not. A because, grenade pouncer? Because I don't want to do the thing that makes everyone else's game go wild. Well, but oftentimes the bomb thrower has unintended consequences. You know, mm-hmm. when you step on that steel plate and all the darts come at everybody, now everybody has to make a saving throw, and you're like, Oops. Well, if I do that on purpose, <laughs> I'll usually say, Stand back, I've got this. <laughs> and the Bruno Mars player. I don't know what You'd that catch is. a grenade. Oh. You'd oh. land on a blade or whatever. Like Sh- that. Well, I don't know the Sorry. song. Don't you don't know the song? No. Yeah. I'd catch a grenade for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that, that likeness is just stunning. Yeah. Thank I don't you. know how we couldn't identify we have to. We have to see Safer YouTube, so he sings it badly oh. on purpose. Well, that's <laughs> strange. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I Speaking of old people in music, okay. I sat down with my daughter and we listened to and watched the uh, Melanie Martinez, her second album, K through 12. Wow. Yeah. That girl is a talent. Wow. Nice. Cool. cool. Ama- Do you know who that is? Your daughter will. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie Martinez yeah, was yeah. in. Melanie Martinez was on one of those shows, like a America's Got Talent or something like yeah. that. One of those, and she, I don't think she won. I think she got like third place or something. Mm-hmm. But people were like struck by her music mm-hmm. because it's all very personal and it's very dystop- dystopian. Mm-hmm. And uh, her first album was called Crybaby. And you probably there's a song that you you probably did Possible. hear from that because it took a sample from it? it's my party and I'll cry if I oh, want yeah. to cry if I want to cry cry da, 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 da. and then it goes off into her this YouTube. old minor thing. We're dead now. No, yeah. no, we're not. <laughs> but then it goes off into this whole big you minor. Sing more than thing. one note for them to recognize uh, the song. Yeah. But I watched. The, I sat down and watched the movie, and it was pretty. There are times. I mean, it's terribly acted. She's not a powerhouse actress. Mm. But she directed the thing. Yeah. Oh like, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I was like, holy shit. I'll say check it out. Yeah. I, I know a little bit of the music, but I, I haven't seen the movie yet. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, it turns out when you buy the, the the album because I bought the album on iTunes as soon as Ali mentioned it to me because I really liked the first album. Um, you get the movie like gratis, I guess. Oh. Yeah. It's neat. like fourteen ninety nine, and you get everything. So cool. it's, she also released it free on YouTube. So mm-hmm. anyway. Um, Have you guys heard of uh, the Kickstarter stuff today? Which? Well, that's worth mentioning. Yeah, we should definitely talk about that. So, Kickstarter is obviously like becoming a really important part to the gaming industry. Sure. So, there are, and Jason can kind of help correct some of my facts possibly because I know we've both kind of been following the story. Um, uh, Kickstarter has some employees who've been talking about unionizing. And shockingly, they got fired. I believe three of them got fired. So, people are like, what did they do at Kickstarter? Uh, th- several different things. So there were three people who were fired suddenly for performance reasons right. that had all this in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things that came up, well, particularly, uh, Kickstarter is incorporated as a PBC, a public benefit company, mm-hmm. not pure, like, it's not quite a nonprofit, but it sits between nonprofit and regular corporation. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're, and, and its listed purpose is to like make people's lives better, and I don't know. Association five hundred one C three. It's another. I think okay. I, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> uh, with that in mind, it seems a little disingenuous to deny the conversation about unionizing, in that they won't even let their employees vote to talk about unionizing. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, there okay. Was according to the news, because I always, whenever we start talking about yeah. stuff, I always look up yeah. sources. According to Gadget, it was two employees. 
Uh, two, okay. Okay, I thought a third one. Kickstarter accused no. of union busting for two employees. This is from Engadget. What, what's the what's date the on date? that? Uh, 13 hours ago. Oh, okay. hmm. I really thought a third person cropped up later today. but um, M- Maybe. Mm-hmm. The um, one thing that came up, though, is a lot of people started talking about boycotting yeah. uh, Kickstarter, and the people at Kickstarter who are trying to make the union happen are asking people not to boycott yet. Yeah. Um, partly because there are a bunch of creators on there who had nothing to do with this. It's yeah. not their fault, and it would really be a bummer to like crater everyone's project. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, and um, on top of that, they may want to use boycotting as a strategic um, attack at some mm-hmm. point in their negotiation to become a union. Yeah. So um, they're asking everyone to sort of do business as usual yeah. until um, they know. So now Kickstarter is is flat out denying that they fired anyone for union. Yeah, of course, because activities. that's illegal. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I I think it depends on what kind of company you have mm-hmm. and what you do. I, there there are. I don't think anyone can fire an employee for suggesting we have a union. Um, California is an at-will state. And unless you have government contracts, you can fire someone because you don't like them. Right, but you can't say it's because of the union. Even no, though, even you just say right. personal right. reasons. And that's what we're saying has happened. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're, we're seeing is, right. yeah. oh, we absolutely did not fire them because of yeah, the, the union thing. Yeah, yeah, they would deny that up and yeah. down. So, oh well, yeah, but it, it may, still may not even be illegal to do that necessarily. Um, I'm pretty sure it is, but I, I, if, I, I can't cite the law. So again, I, it, you it, can't say why. Like, if well, you, no, you, can, you cannot say why. No, you can. You might be able to. What I'm saying is the smart thing to do if you're going to fire someone for a reason you shouldn't be firing them for is to not say why. Right. That's the smart thing to do, and that may be what's happening here. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, when I've been, I, so I, yeah. we can't say they are firing them. Because that puts us in a, in a litigation situation. That I do know because okay. I've taken journalism law classes. Okay. <laughs> My degree. <laughs> Allegedly. Yes, there's are, the word yes. you want to use right there. Allegedly. There is some insinuation by people who close to the situation that say that that is possibly why they've been fired. Kickstarter is denying it. Yes. It would be a shame for t- if people overreacted without too much information. And as you and, said, and creators... That got- never happens on Twitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, you just went through Kickstarter, yeah. and, or maybe still through it, and, and you, congratulations on all your success, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's really you. great. And it would be a real I, shame... Yeah, if, I want to do another one. And hopefully, yeah, have you gotten the money out of it yet? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, but, but that, I mean, all that aside, like, I, I really... It's such an important platform to... Yeah. For people like me who weren't going to get a big publication deal, you yeah. know... I'm not selling 500,000 books. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, for any of us sort of indie creators who who don't have a big old name behind our publish, yeah. uh, publishing and material. A, and a rich grandparent that right. can just, you know, give you $30,000. Right. Or, or want to keep control of what we're making. Don't want to yes. sell it to some big company. Yeah. yeah, that was a concern when I was looking for printing yeah. ability as well. It's like, how much creative control do I have to give up? Because yeah. I'm willing to give up zero. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> Who wants to work with me now? Yeah. <laughs> so don't overreact. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's wait and hear what happens. Hopefully, I, I know a lot of people. I, I mean, people at Kickstarter want a union. I'm hoping they allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I would support that. So yeah. uh, hopefully, that's uh, what's coming. Yep. That does bring up a, just side. Mm-hmm. Did, have you told everybody how well your uh, Kickstarter went and what it was that we were Kickstartering recently? Uh, I don't know. I guess I just assumed everybody here who would be interested already knows. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, and we, you did come on the show after it was successfully. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
But thank you for asking because that's I love talking about it. <laughs> and what's the name of your game again? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wrote a game called Demigods that funded go. in six hours, went past five hundred percent, and he's, uh, a, he's a rock star. That's, that's really cool. We get to send out like thirteen hundred copies of my game, which is real exciting. Thank you. <laughs> So anyway, okay. The, the it says the union. This is from the original Slate story, which is the first people that broke this. The union effort became public in March. In May, CEO Aziz Hassan told employees that the company would not voluntarily recognize the union if asked, but it would respect the results of a secret staff vote. Multiple current and former employees told Slate that since March, the company has expressed to the staff that it does not believe a union is right for Kickstarter. Mm. Uh, If a union within the company is formed, Kickstarter will be the most prominent technology company with a unionized workforce. Yeah, I think it'd be really good to push into something like Amazon or Google or places where they really need worker protections. This could be a great kind of foothold in that argument. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I mean, the kind of the other conversation it brings up is like, if people do end up looking for alternatives, which isn't necessarily being suggested at the moment, but like, what are where what's going to be the next thing that indie developers go to? Like, I know. Well, um, there's other things. There's like indie, Yeah, there's other there's other things they could go to. Right, but they're not nearly as prominent. They no. don't yeah. have like if you're on Kickstarter, you can look around and find things that you never would have because yeah. you don't follow that person. Right. You don't, you know, all those things. Well, where I mean, even if there was a boycott, it's probably only going to be five or ten percent of the people who are. It's the, most right. of the people who are going right. to be boycotting it never give money to anything anyway. <laughs> I mean, so, to, let's be fair. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's it, rabble rousers on Twitter doing what they do. <laughs> Well, not necessarily. I feel like that. No, I mean that is part of it. Yes, but I actually think that like if enough people, um, like like it's really going to be about the creators. The creators not putting their product. Well, see, this this is a very interesting thing because you have an entire group of people outside of this organization that can be harmed or not harmed by the results of a lot of people's actions. They have zero control over. Yes, which is one of the problems with investing so much into a some sort of third party platform like that. It's like if you're an Amazon seller and you sell something through Amazon, and suddenly there's this big shitstorm about Amazon, and people are starting to boycott it because they're acting like fucking Walmart, and everyone yeah. hates Walmart, but they don't hate Amazon for some reason. Um, <laughs> sorry, but um, the, the I mean, you you could find yourself in a world of hurt. Yep. Yeah. and have had done nothing wrong only because you put all your eggs in one basket. Right. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's there's your lesson. It's don't put your eggs in one basket. But if you're, <laughs> and if don't you're use a creator, anything on the internet. <laughs> right. But, then, but there's, there's not really an option, though. Like, as a creator, you can't be like, well, I'm going to fund half my project on Kickstarter and half my project on Indiegogo. Why not? I mean, because it's neither not good platform marketing. will allow yeah. you to do that. Yeah, they is also that, is that exclusively in terms of yeah. service, yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It is? Okay. The last time I read the terms of service, I didn't see it. Because they don't want someone trying to raise the same amount of money in two places and not... Yeah. yeah they like, if I go on there and my Kickstarter says I'm raising half the funds here, uh-huh. then that's an incomplete project in their, yeah. sort of in their terms of service. What if you don't say that? What if you just run it on two different if platforms? If you lie? Well, then, then no, I'll... that's not lying. It's just not saying It's, it's not still saying an something. incomplete project. Yeah, I mean, I have to promise the backers something. Oh, sure. Right. right. Well, yeah. Yes. And if it funds... No, it's not necessarily... I don't think it would right. be necessarily be no, a shady no, thing. Let's say, let's say I'm trying to raise 40 grand, and the 20 grand funds on Kickstarter... 
I am obligated to follow through on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Even if Indiegogo doesn't bring up the rest of the twenty that I need to do it. If right. if but if you say if you if you pull your trigger and be able to do the do the the project is twenty k, and you have it on a goal on Kickstarter for twenty k, and you also have an Indiegogo for twenty k. Oh, I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You still have I mean, to, you still have to I can almost guarantee. I mean, when you're talking about when you're talking about trying to fi- to you're going to end up defrauding people or you're or more accurately, you're going to be uh, breaking a, con- a contract because that's yeah. what Kickstarter yeah. is. Um, you, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you decided, well, I'm going to put it on these different all, all these different platforms, and well, in that case, you're just diffusing your SEO and your marketing yeah. capital. Like you have to advertise multiple platforms now, right. and and yeah. that well, see, alone. But, will well, I also I'm almost I I mean I haven't read through enough, but I can almost guarantee it's like Twitch and YouTube. Like, if you are partnered with either one of those, you cannot simultaneously stream to the other service. Right. You have to wait a certain amount of time. The same thing, like, <coughs> Kickstarter and Indiegogo are a little bit different, but they're still companies. I'm sure it's in the terms of service somewhere that know. you can't use yeah. a competing service I don't know if anyone's had that foresight. My guess is that's not going to happen until <laughs> until a bunch of people have been fucked by someone doing that. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sure... Now, maybe that's already happened. I, I don't know. can't no. be the first people to have I'm, thought of this. I'm saying Kickstarter Kickstarter is smart enough to say you can't use another company that's our competition at the same time you're using us. That is 100% something Kickstarter's thought of many, many years ago. It is not about, it's see, not, see, it's not about the, screwing over other I went people. The it's whole, about their making making Now, this is person. like four years ago. I went mm-hmm. through the whole process because there's a big debate about Kickstarter and, and whether you really actually had to provide products to people and whether it was actually a pre-order or something. Mm-hmm. So I went through the whole process mm-hmm. and read through all of the stuff all of the contractual stuff mm-hmm. in order to start a Kickstarter, all the way up to the point where it says to go live. I did mm-hmm. the, read through the whole thing. At that time, that did not exist. Now, that was four or five years ago. Yeah, we they, just ta- finished talking about how old we are. Right. Hello, uh, can you put me through, please, to the terms of service for uh, Kickstarter, please? Well, I know, but, that, I mean, <laughs> I know this, that you, you, if, you're, if you're in an Uber, you can't also take a lift. <laughs> not with that attitude. <laughs> all right. That's quitter talk. Right. <laughs> You, you might be able to oh, see. That's what I'm saying. Like if your Uber breaks down and then the and then you no, call you, the lift tow truck and no, you the whole thing. drive next to each other. No, you get and a you get a lift open. XL, <laughs> or XXL maybe right. Right, and then you get a Uber Mini and drive that into the bed of the truck. Boom. Pay twice for the same thing. Yeah, that's almost like taking a cab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except that's like five times as much. Yeah. Still be a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, that's it. All right. Ah, a copyright-free anthem. <laughs> well, was copyright the, by me. Was the Russian oh, national anthem? Thank you for joining us. Oh yes, the the, the <laughs> someone bought the rights to the orchestral version, <laughs> which was recorded by the Russian Red Army Orchestra in like 1940 something. You no, know it's one of our fans. You no, know it was it Sony or something like that. Ended up buying some catalog, so that's what happened. Thank you for joining us, season 25, episode six, <laughs> Happy Jacks RPG podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. <laughs> that's Stork. I'm not as old as he is. <laughs> Thank you very much, and we'll leave you with a song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, happy Jacks, our patron saint of the skillful game master. Oh, guide us well with yes, ending to avert a disaster.